Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there everybody and welcome to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Wow. I mean, I've just finished watching the latest chapter of The Mandalorian and guys, so many emotions. I mean, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. It's always, you always have to wait so long for these moments in Star Wars sometimes and we've been, for fans of the Clone Wars animated series, this is... A monumental moment and it's just I'm I'm near enough speechless it was just tense watching the whole entire episode I'm gonna have to watch it so many more times to feel relaxed watching the episode because there was just so many great things about it I'm not gonna talk too much about it right now in the introduction because I could talk about it for a very very long time but that's what I'm literally gonna do with my good friend Artif now so without further ado here's the next episode of the jedi order podcast just so <laughs> i don't know it's the end of the week and i'm tired but <laughs> emotions are running high I'm going to tell you, emotions are running high from my side of things. Now, I'm just going to get this off of my chat. I just have to, I'm just going to, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say, I know you don't, obviously, you haven't watched the series, the Clone Wars animated yeah. series, but this episode with this character in is a big moment for a lot of people. I've already seen some articles going up like who is Ahsoka Tano and what is the Clone Wars and stuff like this you know explaining it for obviously because there'd be a bunch of people watching this that have never watched um, the animated series so won't know the significance but yeah like myself yeah yeah like yourself but if you have watched it oh my god it's like I don't even know what it's like it's just a homecoming of sorts and it was just brilliantly done. But I mean, look, let's go into the episode. There's so there's we can unpack all that. Hey, you get your forest planet. <laughs> I know. Finally, you know, like I was, I was a little bit disappointing on the forest side of things. You know, it's like uh, more of a deforested planet. But um, it's uh, yeah, you know, finally the forest planet is here, and the trilogy slightly theory is complete almost <laughs> um actually you know it's interesting because the start of this episode speaking of trilogies um it reminds me of you know kylo ren at the beginning of rise of skywalker um mm. when he's on that planet taking out all those guys with the lightsaber before he goes to um the sith planet so i thought that was like a kind of interesting little you know comparison in terms of the way it's shot and the scene setting and you know how it's quite uh, desolate and and unforgiving in in terms of the scenario, and then you know, obviously lightsabers are wielded, and and you know, troopers die. So you know, 
I mean, uh, the uh, yeah, I mean, here it's uh, another action-packed episode that kind of is kicking off and in such style. And it's interesting to see this, yeah, Saikatane finally on, on screen. And I mean, the moment I saw her, even though I haven't seen the, the Clone Wars series, I do recognize the, the, the makeup and the kind of style of the character, you know, from mm-hmm. having seen sort of screenshots of it and, and then, you know, realize that she, you know, kind of clearly quite a main character than Clone Wars. So to see her here was, uh, yeah, it's quite interesting how they, you know, bringing that world kind of much more into this and, and yeah, and you know we get a new, bloody great character in the Mandalorian, and played by Rosario Dawson, who is also you know a great actress within her own right. So to see her kind of appear here, and and I mean, from having seen her for the first time, I really think that she you know creates a, a great sort of mythical Jedi character um, who's also quite badass and just generally a. Uh, a great addition to the Star Wars universe from a kind of live action perspective. So, yeah, I mean, you know, from the beginning, it already kind of kicks off and you're launched onto this planet and uh, there's the standoff between her and this magistrate, um, which, yeah, I mean, what an interesting start. I mean, what a start. I mean, there's a... Because, guys, this is how we like to do it. We always have it on. We both have it on in the background in quiet. Uh We've already watched it before and this is makes us follow uh, a decent track in terms of giving this deep dive but there's that scene that you would have just seen that i just saw as well you know when she's fighting these guards um in this like deserted and uh, woodland yeah there's that sudden camera moment you know when she approaches one of the guards you almost go from her point of view in terms of the way she's moving and then the speed she's moving when that moment came, I don't know what it was. I just got like a shiver. I was just like, "Oh, this is good. This is yeah, good." It's just a bit in, like an epic bit of Jedi sort of action that we, you know, that with the Mandalorian, you know, particularly in terms of the series for Star Wars, like to not have had like much Jedi fighting at all, and then you know to have it kind of in this episode and done so well because she's just such a badass character and they're you know, taking out those guys at the beginning and just so slick and, you know, using her force abilities mixed with two lightsabers as well, which is just, just so cool. Um, yeah, it's a, a really cool little action sequence, actually, just to, like, introduce her as a character as just this, you know, force to be reckoned with. Um, and clearly, you know, someone on, you know, their own mission, you know, um, very driven to it. So to see that kind of, you know, and as we've explored on kind of the previous episodes, to see how her relationship with the empire and, and what she's her kind of goal is towards them. Uh, and, you know, we, we learn more about the kind of contextual background of, you know, how the empire is operating. Um, again, yeah, this magistrate that she's fighting and how she's sort of tied in there. So it's, uh, yeah, another kind of action, you know, ass kicking episode. I mean, you know, what I'm loving about this season two is just every episode just does not stop. You know, there is, Really, it doesn't really feel like anything slumps. It's, even when there's kind of this contextual building of new worlds and characters, it just it's done in such an, I mean, a beautifully produced way. Like every shot could be a poster, and you know, every kind of bit of script can be a quote. And it's it's just so enjoyable to just have it week after week. I mean, this episode, what, forty-seven minutes, I believe. You know, so yeah. kind of getting back to the length of the first episode. You know, like. We're just given so much and so much kind of enjoyment throughout it that 
yeah, again, I mean, from start to finish, I was just like, you know, glued to the screen. I mean, this kind of rewatching is going to be my third time, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still so intrigued by the details that we learn and, and the things and the, the little action sequences. And yeah, I just love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, we get return. We get return of Dave Filoni in the director's chair, and Dave Filoni is writing this episode and a bit of backstory, obviously. Just you might already know this, but Dave Filoni is one of the creators of the animated series Clone Wars. But he, more importantly, he is the person who created the character Ahsoka Tano. So it's obviously ah, I didn't actually know that. No. Now, obviously, as soon as I see her on screen, I'm like, well, this has to be directed by Dave Filoni, and this has to be written by Dave Filoni because Dave Filoni is Ahsoka Tano in the terms of creation and development of that character and journey of that character as a whole as we've seen her over the many years that we have seen her in animated form and now we get her in live action but yeah every episode is introducing characters introducing sometimes new worlds new experience but at any given moment it's never letting up on its quality consistency which, you know, it could be quite hard for a series to do that, to be, in fairness, introducing so much on an episodic basis, but still holding you. And this is the tensest episode so far out of the whole entire second season. We're five chapters in now. Well, five episodes, but chapter 13. And uh, it's like it's no sign of slowing down. If anything, it's just taken up a notch, hasn't it? It feels like it's just going up little pegs as we we further get into it. And we still got three episodes to go in this season. And I just think it's just going to keep on escalating. Absolutely. I mean, when I went, you know, when the Mandalorian kind of enters the town in this episode, I felt that it kind of reminded me of the first episode from the series where, you know, it, we're going to have more of a town set up. But I think what's quite interesting in this episode is that whilst the town set up is quite important to it, you know, we do, it's kind of quite well established quite early on, like essentially the relationship the magistrate has with the town. And so it doesn't take up too much time in the episode, which I think is a smart decision from the kind of writer's point of view in that, you know, we've had a lot of these kind of town new planet episodes and, and, you know, the way they operate. And, you know, here we, we get a lot more, Jedi kind of fan service um, with Ahsoka Tano and and obviously you know uh, as you know as we'll talk in a, in a little bit um, Baby Yoda's background. So I, again, it, it's it's a, a great balance of sort of context and story building, um, but also with this sort of just I, and I have to say this one also you know there were so many moments in it that it really felt like a, a proper western, you know um, that. Again, even, you know, <laughs> the idea of the desolate kind of surrounding of the town and how the people are sort of desperate and ruled over by this, you know, authoritarian sort of sheriff figure. Um, it, it really feels like a, you know, quite a, a classic Western setup. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a really interesting episode. I, I mean, now I'm just kind of looking at when the magistrate, you know, is um, speaking with the Mandalorian and... I, I knew that was going to happen, that he would land on the on the, on the the planet and as soon as she would see him, it would be like, huh, that's handy. Someone I can uh, use to fight this Jedi, you know? Um, and, I mean, the spear that he kind of offers, uh, that she offers him is 
you know, in terms of the same, you know, Berskar armor, um, just looks so cool. And it's, it's again, an intriguing kind of new character, um, and the sort of elements that she brings. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting setup again, you know, um, and as I, as I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, it, I'm, I'm very intrigued by her relationship in terms of, um, where this magistrate stands with the, uh, with the empire and, and essentially what she's kind of, uh, done for them. Um, later on in the episode, you know, uh, so does reveal some of the history. Um, and actually I wanted to ask you about this. Um, did this magistrate character appear in the clone wars at all? Or is she like a kind of new creation? Cause it felt like there might've been some history between her and Ahsoka Tano, but you know, I, I, as you know, I haven't seen the series, the Tale of the Clones, so um, the Clone Wars, I should say. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to kind of ask you. So, it, there's a lot of, obviously, characters that appear over the Clone Wars series. Now, I've watched the Clone, Ra- Clone Wars twice mm. throughout. First time, watched it as it was released, season by season. Second time, I kind of speed watched it to a certain extent when it came up to the final season that was on Disney Plus um, earlier in, in the year. I, off the top of my head, I can't remember if this is a character from that time, but she references. Now, this is obviously skipping. We we'll skip ahead to the end of this episode. The information she's trying to find out the whole entire time, she's trying to find out who her master, uh, where her master is, isn't she? Uh-huh. Now the person reveals that the master is Grand. Uh, no, she says, "Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn?" Yep. Now that is another. That is a another. Ma- that's a massive name drop in terms of from the animated series, more from Star Wars Rebels, which is an animated series that preceded the Clone Wars. Mm. And also has Ahsoka Tano in as well. Another fantastic series, which you should definitely um, definitely check out. But Thrawn is from there. And Thrawn uh-huh. is like a uh, Moff Tarkin-like Darth Vader-y kind of mix. Um, uh, Admiral in the, Admiral in the um, Empire. Very high up, right? Very. He's got like blue skin, like piercing red eyes, and he's an awesome bad guy, awesome right. bad guy. And there's been some awesome books written about him as well. That's all part of the Star Wars canon. Very much worth, you know, worth checking out. Either really, <laughs> the right. animated series, all the books, but that's what that kind of links to, and the fact that Thrawn could be in this bodes so well for either the future of Mandalorian or possible spin-off series if Ahsoka Tano ever gets a, a live action series mm. or it's Thrawn is like a step up from Moff Tark from um, who, who's our main bad guy Moff Gideon Moff Gideon sorry yeah. I'm thinking of <laughs> Tarkin <laughs> from <laughs> the yeah, yeah. trilogy yeah. but Thrawn is like a step up from him. Mm. That, that's where he is. So, I mean, just it's another uh, so he, extremely yeah. exciting possible development 
that we could see in a live action basis. Yeah, because I was um, I was curious about Thrawn. I hadn't heard the name, and so that of, of course the, the way they kind of dro- I mean, I have to say I was quite surprised when uh, when she kind of drops the name Thrawn. I thought actually there were, it was going to be Moff Gideon that you know she wanted information on. So to hear this kind of new Grand Admiral character, it was like oh. Oh, this is interesting. And again, you know, as I keep saying, it's, it's, you know, these little snippets of information are just these kind of breadcrumbs to showing just, uh, you know, where the empire is at in terms of its state and the fact that it still has all these kind of high ranking figures and clearly quite powerful and well respected by quite a lot of, and feared, you know, by a lot of people in the galaxy um, still. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's quite fascinating to just hear these snippets that we gain um, from characters like Ahsoka Tano as well, um, who's been clearly fighting them for a long time and the fight hasn't kind of ended for her. Um, which, you know, it, it always makes, you know, as I say, I'm curious to see whether they would ever bring back a character like, kind of, or bring a character like Luke Skywalker or, you know, Han Solo or Leia kind of into a series like The Mandalorian picked up enough traction because i mean with the empire being so present still in the in in the galaxy that it feels as if you know the kind of well the new republic's work is not done um and then you kind of have these kind of smaller row characters like the mandalorian um and ahsoka tana who are doing it themselves but it just it, it feels like you know th- there's this whole larger game at play and you know, with the way that season two has been shaping up, I can't wait for, you know, there to be some real, you know, for all the characters that we've kind of seen introduced to come to some, you know, interesting sort of conclusion. I mean, we, you know, we have three episodes left of this. Um, I, you know, I'm very intrigued and curious to see where it's going to go. Um, I mean, with the Sokotano, with Bo-Katan and with um, Cara June and, uh Timothy Olympus, you know, sheriff character from the first. I mean, there's just so many great characters that we see. The the X-wing, you know, pilots and how they keep, you know, coming in and out and checking in on things. I mean, it really feels like there's this that we're moving towards this greater play. Um, but I'm not entirely sure what it is yet. And I think that's kind of one of the one of the great things about the series and what keeps you putting you back is that. Um, they just keep, you know, leaving these little breadcrumbs uh, of these little bits of gold information that you can just that start playing with your imagination. And then, you know, the possibilities are sort of, you, know, you start making your own connections and you're hoping that they'll play out. And then other things kind of happen and it surprises you. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting sort of um, context building. And now, we're, you know, I mean, I, I think, are you on the scene as well with... Um, you know, baby, baby Yoda's background. I mean, shall we reveal his name finally? Do you, will you do the honors, Ben? Oh yes, uh, we have now met Grogo. Oh. We have now the child. Now is Grogo. Grogo, the child slash baby Yoda slash cutest <laughs> thing in Star Wars history slash everything we want about yeah. Star Wars in one little green man. yeah i mean going on some of the stuff uh you're saying there there's so much scope isn't it a kind of i kind of forget i know i'm watching star wars and i'm watching the mandalorian but then at the same time i forget i'm watching star wars in a sense and let me explain what i mean is 
I forget I'm watching it in a way that I forget how much there is uh, and yeah. how much or many things could be explored. And I keep forgetting that. And then every time someone hints to a thing, alludes to a thing, or I remember the timeline it's in, I'm like, oh my God, we yeah. could go here. We could go there. Would they go here? Would they go there? What's going to happen next? I don't know. And like you said, it keeps pulling you back. It's pulling us all towards this massive master stroke, I feel, and it's just building and building. And the episodes, the cinematography in this episode as well, there's some beautifully lit scenes. There's some beautifully shot scenes. Um, The lighting in, especially like this scene around uh, the light with Ahsoka, Mando, and Grogo. Uh, (laughs) And just before when she picks him up and you had the moonlight through the um through the woodland that they're standing in it's just yeah there's so much care isn't there that's what you get a sense of for this whole entire project that is the mandalorian there's so much care there's so much thought and there's so much love put into these characters these characters and the story there's just they're not really missing a beat here. They're trying. They're trying their best, and I think they're excelling themselves in just telling a great story. And they're very much with all these references to westerns. They're going back, and it's almost like they're they're homing their craft. I mean, these are very experienced writers, directors, anyway. But they're homing their craft based on what they know has worked over decades of film and television. Yeah, but then, you know, injecting that kind of new production value, you know, characters, the, the sort of odd dark comedy elements of Baby Yoda and eating everything, <laughs> you know. I mean, it, it's, yeah, and, I, you know, as, as I kind of mentioned earlier, the fact that this episode is 47 minutes and then we have this <clears throat> great exploration scene um, that Ahsoka Tana, you know, she reveals Grogu's past and essentially I mean again an interesting past it's um, you know he dates back to obviously the the prequel trilogy and um, you know after Order 66 was um, initiated clearly Baby Yoda was or Grogu I should say God, I need to get out of the Baby Yoda phase <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just can't He's so cute. Uh, anyway, Grogu, um, yeah, kind of escaped all of that. And hearing her kind of reveal his past, that he's been trained by many Jedi and then had to hide and fear from things and then kind of come to light, it's um, it's just, I mean, it's kind of hilarious that we consider him still like such a baby when he has so much experience in uh, in the Star Wars universe. It's um, It's quite fascinating, actually, that he... Clearly, has been trained by the original Jedi Order, um, and so he could be much more powerful than you know we've even seen. Well, he clearly is much more powerful than we, we've seen, and as we learned that, you know, it, it's the fear that you know keeps him from using his powers kind of openly. And and again, you know, one of the elements about and a very bittersweet element I thought to the kind of writing and storyline is how. Grogu's relationship with, you know, the Mandalorian is, you know, they're so close, but then that's the reason why essentially Grogu can't be trained as a Jedi because 
he now has experienced love and love is one of the things that can lead to fear and you know to the dark side as we and anger and, and to the dark side as we know and <laughs> and to suffering <laughs> and just exactly you know <laughs> hope he grows will drop that line himself one day you know <laughs> but um i mean I, I, you know which I, and again you know who is he hidden by you know originally I, is there any kind of relation to yodo in his past as well i mean there, there must be I, I would assume so that yodo must have known about grogu you know in the past um I mean, he must he must off that's <laughs> i think that has to be well i mean it has to be extremely allu- alluded to if Grogu was present during the Clone Wars and he was in the Jedi Temple during that time and then he was hidden. I mean, he he, he must have had some sort of affiliation or meeting with Yoda or there. They have must have crossed paths at some point yeah. over the course of that time. Maybe Grogu's his, uh, his grandson, you know, <laughs> carrying on the whole Rise of Skywalker vibe with the Palpatine lineage and now we have the uh, you know the Yoda lineage, you know. <laughs> you know how they loved uh, messed up families. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just yeah, learning that kind of background and story. Yeah, it's it's an it's interesting. It's it's you know um, they, you know we, we we don't get any flashbacks, but we get just kind of oh, let me just turn off my alarm. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, we don't get any flashbacks in terms of, you know, action. It's just kind of all story told. Um, so to, to hear that and, uh, start learning, you know, you know, how much Grogu has been holding back. Um, and also, you know, yeah, maybe how, how developed he is as a, as a, as a person, you know, I mean, he, he may be able to talk, you know, for all we know. Um, but maybe he's kind of kept that away from him so that people are, less suspecting of him um so it's it's yeah it's a it's an interesting kind of layer to add and again you know kind of tying it back in with um with moff gideon and what they wanted you know what we find out in the last episode is to what they kind of what the purpose for what they want grogu for uh essentially what we think is to create these you know super troopers uh or jedis or you know, some sort of hybrid. Um, so, yeah, as things are kind of being revealed, it's actually, for, you know, Grogu slash Baby Yoda to be such a, an adorable, like, kind of happy-go-lucky character. He actually really has quite a, a dark and sad past, really. Um, and actually, it feels almost like his time with Mandalorian is probably his happiest time. Um, you know, having adventures, flying around the galaxy and putting all sorts of things in his mouth and eating them and <laughs> <laughs> well it's very, very much feels like it's his happiest time in a long time doesn't it he, he yeah. went he obviously had uh, probably like a really nice all he knew was the jedi order and all he knew was life in the temple and surrounded by people who would have been extremely familiar sim- similar to him and similar upbringing and then he obviously had a very dark period in his life and oh. kind of we forget because of how he is, how he acts and his size and everybody reference, you know, him or the child, we kind of forget he's already lived 50 years yeah. and forget that there's so much stuff that's already happened there. So it's, it's definitely been an interesting insight having that little kind of insight that was 
either they were talking or she can just understand his thoughts more so due to their connection with the force just having that insight into Grogo's life beforehand and then of course his how he's built this connection with the Mando and how that can be a negative one for Jedi when emotions and we know what emotions do to Jedi as you've just said there's so many interesting dynamics this I mean this episode was it's my favorite episode of the whole entire thing so far Mm. and I think that's just because of how much Ahsoka Tano means to me as a character just one of my favorite characters in Star Wars and I think Dave Filoni's transition from animation to live action has been seamless he just knows how to write this character and also everybody can have their favorite elements and parts of Star Wars but at the end of the day seeing a Jedi kick ass is the best part of Star Wars for me yeah absolutely I mean just you know, as I said, from from the start, like from that opening scene of her kicking ass with two lightsabers, you're already like, oh wow, this is this is going to be a juicy episode, you know? Like, and especially when it's 47 minutes long as well. I mean, as I said, there's so much Jedi fan service here, from the the contextual background to the action that it just when that you know this final, well, I say the final scene, well, the sort of second half of the episode kicks off with the action and um, and of course, the Sokotana kind of busts into the into the town and over the walls and takes out about six men, and then you know the Mandalorian comes as well and backs her up. I mean, oh god, it was just just again. I mean, there's so many Western elements about this, from you know the the, the citizens of the town kind of being tortured in the streets and and hiding away from the magistrate and the you know kind of you know just evil sheriff type. Um, and then going between like these little narrow alleyways and you know how they're all kind of looking out for her and how she you know ambushes them from different angles i mean it's just and you know it's it's awesome because that's how the mandalorian fights as well you know in terms of he he you see the smarts behind it and it's just one of those kind of bits of star wars action that it, you know it doesn't have to be you know giant explosions and yeah, I mean, in, in the last episode, we did get, you know, huge explosions and, you know, TIE fighter chasing, you know, kind of tanks and all sorts. And But it doesn't have to be that every time, you know, that the action kind of varies between the different episodes and the context that we're put into. And here it's this sort of slow building and, you know, tense, <laughs> uh, you know, sequence of, of moving through this town and trying to find each other in the game of, you know, kind of the weird hunting game where they keep like turning around on each other and you have these you know, different figures, you know, like this bounty hunter here who's been hired by the, the magistrate and then these kind of assassin droids, which weren't as badass as I thought, though, you know, when, when that one does climb up on the roof, I was like, okay, you know, maybe maybe he's got a few tricks off his sleeve, you know, or his his whatever robot equivalent of a sleeve is, you know. Um, <laughs> his circuits. <laughs> yeah, his circuits, yeah. He's got a trick off his circuits, yeah. Um and then, you know, obviously culminating in that standoff, the Mexican standoff between the Mando and the, and the town's bounty hunter. I mean, that was just, I love that scene. Again, you know, it doesn't have to be kick-ass action for it to be a kick-ass scene, you know. It, it's just so beautifully done in how they're listening out to <laughs> to the, the fight going on behind the walls between uh, Sokotan and the Magistrate. I mean, it's 
yeah, it's just, it, it, again, it, it, it tells you so much about the characters without even, you know, having to delve into, like, their backstories that, you know, that they are, you know, killers for hire and that, you know, they, they know, uh, they know the business that they're in and, and you know, they're loyal to those who <laughs> are alive and pay them, really, you know. <laughs> this whole confrontation scene at the end is so far Western. It's unbelievable, isn't it? From the get-go of the town folk all like shutting their doors and hiding. I can just you can just see it in your head, can't you, of how the Westerns used to be when they know there's gonna be a standoff. All these like shutters come down and all the yeah. all the wooden doors shut and everybody disappears and it's always a barren kind of wasteland and all you've got now is dust and tumbleweed. And the people standing um, uh, opposite each other, and that's it. Gives you this in oh, and just like in bags and bags of Western style content done so well. It just shows that this formulaic way of doing things works. Uh, so if you if you execute it right, it works better than anything else does. Well, it's interesting because in this fight scene as well at the end uh, between Ahsoka Tan and the Magistrate, I mean, you know, they're kind of in this new courtyard which looks quite, it looks like a, I mean, and the whole kind of rhythm of the fight, it also feels like a, you know, an, a samurai fight or, you know, something from Japan, uh, which, you know, so many Westerns were kind of based on as well, like, you know, those kind of Japanese elements and uh, and storylines as well. So to see that kind of juxtaposition that you've got, the Mandos having the Mexicans stand off in the town and then these two dedicated sort of samurai-like warriors in, in this courtyard by them uh, having this kind of epic duel of, like, skill and, and, and courage and valor. And it's just... Oh, I mean, it's such a feast for the eyes as well. I mean, the way it's shot as well from the side and, you know, with the water come next to it and how they're on the path. And, again, you know, seeing this magistrate kind of take on a Jedi... Um, like what? The, what the hell? Like who? Who takes on a Jedi apart from Mandalorian? Like that again? That I didn't think that she would fight, but then to see her kind of <laughs> start like dropping some uh, you know spear kind of pokes and whatnot and swing arounds and all sorts. I mean, I was just I was surprised, but also intrigued. Again, you know, every character, the more that we kind of see of them, the more that you're you want to learn about their background and how they kind of came to be like this and what exactly you know and you know as is referenced with. Uh, the magistrate's kind of background and in terms of how she helped the empire. I mean, this is why I was kind of asking you, like, was she in the Clone Wars as well? Because, I mean, she clearly has a lot of skill and background and um, some history there. So I was, uh, again, you know, a great fight. And and also the, the, the spear that she has, this Berska's, you know, spear, which is what the Mandalorian's armor is made of. I mean, the fact that it can kind of repel a lightsaber is also mega badass and really cool um and again another kind of interesting dynamic that's you know that there are the other weapons that match up to, to lightsabers so it's uh yeah a great scene a great fight scene really nicely choreographed and just just so cool you know uh, it, as you said it, it kind of has all those elements of westerns but then you know as i, as I kind of mentioned with the kind of the, the japanese decor of that courtyard and the the way the shots are and how they face off against each other i mean it's just uh yeah i mean there's just kind of so many things that you can pick apart but it's just so well placed into the whole the whole arc of the episode and 
the way it's produced and and how how it moves the story along as well and, and adds context to the over to the overall series and 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 the characters that we've you know can't to know up to this point so it's yeah it's uh it's fascinating it, it's a again you know as i keep uh, I, yeah I, you know we're, we're, it's funny because when we when the you know when we were kind of kicking off this new mandalorian series i, I said to myself like i will be honest if something you know there's something which i don't like or think is kind of a bit awkward but i just oh you know i mean after every episode i'm just i just want the next one and i'm i just think that you know i i doff my cap to them every time you know that <laughs> by the time we've got to the end like wh- whether it's 30 minutes long or 50 minutes long i mean every episode has offered us some some great contextual information, some great battles, some, you know, new characters, old characters, everything just gets kind of thrown back into it. And just, you know, this just, you know, as I said, it doesn't, the pace does not drop from start to finish. And there's just so many beautiful elements of how it's made that you can just appreciate. And I mean, as I said, like, this is my third rewatch and I already, I still think it's so cool. Just everything about it. (laughs) I mean, we're not going to have any caps left to doth by the end of this (laughs) because of how good it is. But the parallel in between these two fights as well, it very much, you know, like we're saying, this is as soon as I saw that scene of Ahsoka uh, and her rival approaching each other over the water with the trees in the background, I'm like, we've got the good, the bad, the ugly on one side. And we've got Kill Bill on the other yeah. side because all yeah. it made me think about is the face-off between Uma Thurman's character, the Bride, and um, oh, what have I, Lucy Liu's character? Lucy Liu, yeah, yeah. Which was is one of the, still to this day one of the most beautifully shot c- cinematic fights yeah. ever done. You know, well done, Quentin Tarantino, because that is atmospheric to the next level um mm. but that's very much what i got from this like you were just saying we've got you know there's so much going on and the cinematographer have to give it again and dave filoni's vision as a director it's just all everything's on point yeah. and everything's just so well executed it's so satisfying <laughs> to watch this weekly, almost like a weekly Star Wars movie that we're getting at the moment, and it's just absolutely. Like I was just about to say, it feels like a movie every episode. You know, that mm. it's like these kind of small standalone, sort of short movies, and and yeah, and I mean, I didn't know about David Dave Filoni kind of coming in from the Clone Wars and doing this, and again, it just you know, were they kind of they seem to chosen every director kind of writer for each episode so well um and hearing the kind of the awesome work he's clearly done on the clone wars and the fact that they've been able to transition you know the characters over from there into this live action presence and the fact that he they've kind of handed it over to him you know that's a really you know i think a, a very wise move clearly you know that they because besides you know hearing it from you but i've heard from a few people that the clone wars is yeah, people love the Clone Wars, and and they say it's a really you know well written uh, series, and that there's a lot of great kind of storyline to it. So to see them you know respect that and 
bring that over and use the the great elements of you know character you know creation and and writing it's yeah it's again it's it it's a positive move to see how disney are kind of instead of you know playing on the the elements that they think the fans will want it's more about the elements that they know the fans have appreciated and liked about the kind of greater universe and i i I mean, you know, they keep just knocking out the park with the Mandalorian in terms of of bringing those in and and having these, you know, again, you know, it was like with last week, you know, how how they, you know, each kind of creator of every episode pops in these little moments which remind you of previous Star Wars films and stuff, but because it's it's compressed enough not to dwell on it that you just it just reminds you about why you love it and then gives you a whole new story to appreciate all over again i mean one of the things i wrote down was this is why we love star wars isn't it <laughs> i mean that's there's so, so many emo- so many emotions that ran through me in 47 minutes mate <laughs> yeah i mean i was just like i mean i might be tired but <laughs> this is a gift that continues to keep giving and keep giving and also they're just just want to touch on just briefly before we wrap this thing up. Mm-hmm. I love the you had moments, Ahsoka Tano moments, which in the background you just got that little fleeting noise of a John Williams score, which <laughs> always just brings the cozy factor to yeah. any Star Wars live action scene that you see because th- that man's music is hand in hand with the history of star wars and it was just lovely to hear those like tiny little elements yeah. um of, yeah, the, of the master that is john williams yeah i kind of picked up on a couple to. of those a couple of those bits and yeah you're right it is like a it feels like a blanket kind of being draped over you like oh uh oh, thank you <laughs> thank you mummy uh I'll have some warm milk before I go to bed, please. <laughs> just such a cozy, homely feeling. And coming into Christmas and, you know, darker days at the moment, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'll probably be quite depressed once the Mandalorian's over, to be honest. <laughs> All the time, you know, chapter eight comes around, season two, I'm just going to be like, what am I going to do every Friday now? You know, we're going to have to call each other and just have podcasts like commiserating. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there are two points I'll make. One point, firstly, I'll make on that. That, um, guys, the name of this podcast is Jedi Order, a Star Wars and pop culture podcast, which means we can discuss, as we have done before, stuff that isn't Star Wars, even though Star Wars is the main theme, it's the main element. But me and Artsif, you know, we're, we're going to talk. Um. We, we, love we, might, we, we might do some deep dives on some other things, okay? And mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll always bring it around to Star Wars, so that's a little hint, maybe something that might come in the future. But another thing I wanted to pick up on, which initially is just picking up on something you said, but it's made me think of it, just, just feeling my emotions again at the end of this episode with the Mando um, taking Grogo back on his ship and um, the information that we get at the end um in returns to thrawn maybe the mandalorians if you think about it the series in terms of the way they finish off to a certain extent that might be what's the link is with the original trilogy 
at the end of the first Mandalorian, we very much felt on a high in the same way we felt on a high with A New Hope. Uh. Maybe with the introduction of Thrawn, that's two big bad guys that could possibly be on the horizon. Maybe he doesn't feature in this series, but we obviously don't know, but maybe it does. It's a massive name drop. But could we be leading up to an Empire Strikes Back? To an ending uh, of a Mandalorian season where everything's not so right as rain. Maybe Grogu gets separated. Maybe the Mando suffers a loss. But that is how we could realistically finish this, which would just oh, gut wrenching, but at the same time. <laughs> Tell me you'll be all right, Ben. Tell me you'll be all right. <laughs> In the end, we'll watch the Lego Star Wars special on that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to avoid like you know proper seasonal depression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Have to have to like have to get that curve going in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's, actually, that's a you know again, yeah, a really good point because you know as as we've been talking over the last few episodes that it's uh you know we both feel that there's some mirroring of kind of previous um Star Wars movies and stuff. So yeah, I. I I could definitely see that happening, you know. Um, as you said, with the kind of introduction of this Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, I feel like we will see him in the series because it's episode five where he's been dropped, and you know we still have like three, three, hopefully you know fairly similar length episodes. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I, I feel that there would be uh, yeah, and perhaps perhaps some sort of Moff Gideon Thrawn seen together and 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 we you know i mean i'm kind of hoping for that because again as i keep saying i just love seeing the remnants of the empire and how it's continuing to like carry on and just you know Mm -hmm. with with all these different power players within it who are just trying to take the reins and take it in this direction or that direction which is ultimately evil but now that we've got these two big characters like what is their relationship and how they are operating together or and what is the overall plan i mean we've we've seen elements and now that we've got Thrawn and Joe, you know, what is his goal? You know? <laughs> very much so, very much so. This has been great, guys. Um, we're going to wrap it here and we'll catch you again next Friday, which will probably be just as emotional. So let's get ready for that, shall we? Oh, God, let's yeah, get the tissues ready, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Elder Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you.